In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs of a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cat. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we are Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. to this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to be the very best dog owner your dog could ever wish for. And I suppose today, for me, this is a topic that really is an efficient topic. Mm. It's a topic about being clever. It's a topic about being smart. It's a topic about getting the best out of your time. So what Mm. we're going to talk about today is how you get the best out of your training sessions. And I suppose a bit of a tips tennis as to how we do that. Right, Tom? Absolutely. Because here at Absolute Dogs, what we're really keen on is training your dog and investing in your relationship with your dog being fun and easy, not hard and time consuming. And and nobody wants a barrier. Nobody wants to put something in their way. Nobody wants to make something difficult. Like I know I've got a list right now of things I get to do. Mm -hmm. Things You might have the same sort of list, a a to-do list or a a list of... I've got lots of different things I know I need to do. And there are some things that the barriers on them, they make it tough for me to want to do them. And so we don't want any barriers. We don't want anything that makes it difficult. We don't want anything that sort of gets in the way we don't want anything that makes your time tough we want to make this like low um, resistance yeah, sort of work absolutely right? and there are always people for some reason there's a bit of like a, a, a fashion of enjoying talking about how difficult something should be how hard something should be how, how it's much... going to be such a you know a, a, a slog so, so much endure- you had to endure a lot you're come up against obstacles um, and the, the reality is is that yeah if we go through life with that story playing out then we're going to find all the reasons why something is difficult and hard and, and time consuming. And I suppose it's um, I heard a great saying the other day and it said something like the grass is greener where you water it. Mm-hmm. I think the thing is if you water that sort of feeling or that sort of energy or You'll that sort of space work. you're going to find all the tough stuff right? <laughs> yeah. If you water the grass where you want it the, the solution space the uh, easy training easy, sessions three minutes easy wins yeah. feeling good really really robust training sessions really like training sessions that make you feel good you know what what are you going to get more of? You're going to get more of those because that's what you're watering and that's what you're feeding and that's what we're buying into. So Tom and I want to share with you just some of our tips to make our training sessions easier because loads of people say it to us all the time. Tom, you're like full-time crazy um, vet behaviorist, absolutely bonkers running, absolute dogs. Like, how do you do it? People say the same to me. How do you do it, Lauren, running um, holiday cottages and training business and loads of different things. And you're a mum. Like, how do you cope with balancing this? And I bet you guys are thinking the same. And actually, I think we do it all fairly seamlessly. You were talking to me about training session last night, for example. I talked to you about one that I had just yesterday. Like, we, we are still always training yeah and i think the the first kind of tip that that leads that that leads really nicely on from that and how we always answer is with every dog that we get and the more experience we become the less we train and that's because actually we spend a smaller amount of time getting really quality sessions now quality sessions happen in that the training session is going to be short but also we're not just going to kind of 
tra- we, we're not going to say, right, I'm going to do a training session, but not have a clear intention about what and I'm it's, achieving. It's there. about efficiency, yeah. right? So within that session, we're very, very efficient. So maybe let's take some of the youngsters. Maybe let's take uh, Magma and mm-hmm. Mango in that. Yeah. So maybe we can give some examples, Tom. Absolutely. So for example, Magma might have had three three what would be described as like learning experiences yesterday. And the reality is, is that for two of those learning experiences, I was multitasking. I was chopping the vegetables for dinner. She was on the... He's house trained. She, she was on her boundary and she was, you know, getting her, her dinner for being on her boundary. Um, another session, we were working on a, a little retrieve game. Um, and then the, the third session, actually, we were just out doing things in the garden and um, and sort of having a bit of a tidy up. And I was just um, rewarding her for being in my proximity, following me around, matching my body movements. And so really, you know, there was only one session that actually took time out of my day. And that was a session that I really enjoyed. And the other two, I was doing other things at the same time. And how about Mango? So Mango at the moment, four feet on the floor. So actually very similar to Magma, we might be doing anything else and actually just rewarding her for four feet on the floor because yeah. she's got a very typical... I would suggest um, young um, bouncy retriever struggle. She is Tigger. And someone said the other day on a, we had an email to the Ask team, our amazing team who answer all the absolute dogs um, inquiries. And uh, they said, what is a Tigger? You know what? What, If you don't know what Tigger is, Winnie the Pooh, uh, basically she bounces Mm -hmm. from here to there. And in the funniest thing, I had a very funny moment this week. She was in the water treadmill. We have an underwater treadmill where we do some fitness and rehab. She was in the um, underwater treadmill and she literally just boinged all four off. And she's hilarious when she does it, Tom. Like, I cannot stop laughing. And you know it's not what you want to encourage, right? Like, we don't need this, like, big yeah. ginger tigger leaping all four off the floor. So, anyway, that's number one. So, four on, the, four on the floor. We reward a lot of four on the floor. And I can't say it's going brilliantly. It's going better than it was. Yeah. Um, I think it's always progress, not perfection. And uh, for sure, she's making progress. And it's definitely not perfect right now. So, that's session one. Session two, actually walking on a lead and just being out and about. And it's not about lead work. It's not about lead walking. It's more about outside experience and just me taking a a short break 10 minutes out of my day walking on a balanced lead and when I say that what I mean is she has two clips on a harness Mm -hmm. so no other crazy contraption Mm -hmm. two clips on a harness just normal out and about walking and then her third session of the day actually having a long lasting chew in a crate whilst we're buzzing about the house and presence doesn't mean access so no just because I walk past your crate does not mean that you are involved you don't need to squeal you don't need to delight with joy and wag the whole crate down and she's got a fairly big um, airline crate so a large airline crate it's actually the crate she arrived here uh, in the UK in uh, she came here from um, she, she was she was flown here and so she actually has had to build a lot of value in a crate because she didn't think they were a great place so you know what those are the three things she would do yeah. a- and more but all little and none of them take in fact they add to my day 10 minutes out of the day to go for a little mm-hmm. walk it adds to my day I am lucky yeah. to get to do that having an opportunity to feed her for four on the floor it adds to my day so I think it's taking sessions in, in um, ways like that and what we want to what what we want you all to move away from is this um outdated idea that you know you do your you go to your training class once a week and you spend one hour training your dog and then in between time nothing really happens and if it does happen then you've got to kind of do like a one hour this is a training session the reality is what we want to really get across to our young dogs and our older dogs is that we're going through the world together and life's a game and sometimes i'm going to throw a game in there but we i'm not changing my day we're going through this world together as a team and I suppose that's what we do with the training academy or sexy than a squirrel we actually would have so many choices of games that you just kind of you have your menu of 
of choice and you infiltrate those games throughout your day. So those of you that are lucky enough to be part of the training academy or have taken that sort of like little um, commitment, I suppose, it's a lovely, lovely space where you can just um, take games to suit your day and, and never should they feel like, I was chatting to a trainer the other day and, and she was like, oh, and I, I have to do this and I have to do that. I was like, never do I feel like I have to do this. I feel like I get to do this and yeah. I'm really lucky to have that 10 minutes or that three minutes or that two minutes or that 30 seconds of my day is like a moment of presence. Yeah, absolutely. So next tip that we've got for you is that it's actually one that really what is the purpose of a training session? Some of your training sessions, some of your training games, they're going to grow your dog in a direction you want to grow them. They're going to grow focus. They're going to grow optimism. They're going to grow calmness. Other training sessions and training games, it's going to be information, right? And I had one of these sessions yesterday where I was playing a little retrieve game and it did not go. It was not the perfect picture of actually what I was what I was hoping to achieve in that. But I'd actually gone into that situation thinking, I'm going to play around with retrieve and I'm going to take this information away so that I can come up with a better plan. And so really, there were there was a lot of things that that did not go to plan. At one point, she just ran off with the with the retrieve toy. At one point, she was like, hmm, what is this food under the sofa? Is there food on the sofa? Let me find if there's food under the sofa. And it's all information so that next time I'll come back to that and I'll say, right, we're going to play this game on lead so she doesn't have the opportunity to go and, I don't know, decide that there might be something exciting under the sofa. There was nothing under the sofa, just to clarify. <laughs> um, and the other thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to work on retrieve in my hand. So the toy is never going to, I'm never going to let go of the toy. Instead, we're going to work on the principle and concept of a retrieve but not let go of the toy and that that absolutely fulfilled the purpose of what I was trying to achieve and yet we know lots of you game changers sometimes you're very hard on yourselves and you'll have a session like that and you'll be like oh it's a disaster it went wrong I made them worse we never make our dogs worse right it's just information so that we can adapt the next time and I think that's the most important thing we're adapting all the time and I suppose leading on from that nicely is how do you set up your session to get the best from it mm-hmm. and how can you be efficient with it I'll give you an example I remember being a trainer um, I've been a trainer for a long time um, and um, I remember being a trainer back in probably when I was working at a rented facility and one of my clients she would turn up regularly and she'd say oh they've just had an hour and a half's walk and they've run around the woods yeah. they had all their breakfast this morning I made them a home cooked brekkie and they had lovely these bits and lovely those bits and they had some beef and they had some veggies and they had all of their supplements and and she was an an amazing owner like a really kind owner and she adores her dogs um and she would be like yeah they've done all these things anyway she would then go to train them they would non-stop want to uh, they would want to be going to the toilet basically Mm -hmm. the whole session um and the other thing they would want to do in the whole session is is go away for a break and a breather Mm -hmm. because they'd already had an hour and a half running in the woods and she'd taken them out in the woods and then they'd had all their like big full brekkie and then they'd sit in the car for a little bit until they came yeah. to training and then they were ready to basically either go to the toilet or run and have a break yeah. those were the two things they most wanted to do or go and take a, a good long drink and, yeah. and sit in the shade if we had a sunny day or sit in the um, under the, the away from the rain if we had a rainy day they definitely didn't feel up for yeah. a workout so I think one thing to be mindful of if I was going to fitness train myself I wouldn't go into it after mm. having fish and chips yeah. or, or something yeah, no, big that's it. if you're going to the gym you wouldn't have a pie before no. you go like, no. it's just, it's <laughs> just not, not conducive 
massive to your learning. And the other thing I wouldn't do is I wouldn't personally go for a big workout mm. and then try and do another one off the back of it. So for my dogs, when I go to train them, um, I would always consider, um, are they hungry? Mm. Are they ready and, and interested in what I'm playing for? Lots of people always ask, how do you teach your dogs to catch, for example? And often I say, I don't think the dog's hungry enough. Mm. And I don't think they're interested in what you're trying to get them to catch. So they're not really going to bite, mm. um, so to speak. Um, and then secondly, um, for me, yeah, I wouldn't have them over-exercise. So they wouldn't have done a lot of exercise. They might have had a short road walk mm. or um, a toilet break. And uh, they definitely wouldn't have had the dinner mm. because that's what I'm going to utilise for, for training. And I know this owner's kind and I know she's generous and I know she's gentle and she wants to love her dogs. Mm. When we want to love our dogs and have an efficient training session, you don't want to love on a, a, a really full dog and you don't probably want to uh, be training a tired dog. So I yeah. think those two things are really good input. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, the way that you can visualize this, I think it's a useful way to think about it, is imagine that every day your, your dog starts the day with a full battery. Now, you've probably got a few different things you want to work on. You want to work on optimism, calmness, focus, whatever it might be. You've all got your areas that you want to grow in your dog. You need to think, how am I going to split that battery? up into those areas if you spend 90% of that battery on things that actually you didn't you didn't running need to around grow the woods anyway, chasing birds yeah. finding foxes or things that your dog's already strong at right then you're you're not staying you're, on a bed you're limited it's the bottleneck right? potentially and, and and that's where I think you've got to think okay this is what I want and this is mm. what I need to grow mm. um, and I think we've got to think on on those areas yeah. so yeah there's there's a there's a tip I think for all of us to consider mm. where's the battery and and actually how much of that daily value are you using to grow yeah. Uh, in the direction you want to. So next tip that we've got for you is that, and it's based on this principle that kind of governs everything that we teach throughout this podcast. Dogs will become more of what they do every day. Dogs will grow based on what they're practicing each and every day. Now, we're all in agreement with that, but the thing that you need to understand is that let's say you have a training session and you're focusing on optimism. You're focusing on your dog being bomb-proof and you're playing one of the many optimism games that you might find in the training academy or the sexier than a squirrel challenge. But your dog then spends the rest of the day barking out the window. Actually, the world is training your dog more than you're training your dog. Now, what we're not saying is that therefore you need to train your dog 24-7 every day. Instead, what we're saying is actually we need to employ a level of management so that the world isn't training your dog and undoing your great training. Now, that might be actually um, when you can't supervise, the curtains are closed. That might be actually your dog is on a boundary or, you know, sometimes even on lead in certain environments when they're not going to make the right choice right now a good example um my house looks out on to um the car park for a training school so there's a training school in my car park and so as much as i love having the training school at home and it's great to have all of the students here and it's lovely to have all of their dogs here and it's lovely to have various breeds i mean tom and i um have have met pretty much every breed in the car park i'm sure (laughs) uh, every breed of animal possible Um, and and so what i would say is is that's a joy and with it comes a little bit of a double-edged sword and 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 actually my dogs easy for example venture for example are both quite vigilant Mm -hmm. both highly alert and can sit out of my window barking Mm -hmm. if given the opportunity to rehearse that so for them either downstairs shut curtains uh, in a crate uh, away from that window they don't get first access to that window exactly and the the cool thing is is the way that you've got this set up there's a window and then to the side of the window again the 
wall is where your boundary is. Yeah. So that when they're on the boundary, they can't see out of the window. And it's funny, I've never actually considered that. It's just the way that it's set (laughs) up, right? And I think it is set up with that in mind and yet wasn't necessarily one that I thought of explaining. So yeah, yeah, completely, completely true. The big bed is there. And then the other thing I would say is the stair gates and management system that is in the house. And yet it still looks like a normal house. It's still a lovely place to live. In fact, it's probably a nicer place to live because the management strategies are employed. So it is calm. It does feel settled. It does feel like um, uh, an energy that is that is positive and it's got good vibes. So yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely don't be adverse to um, using management strategies to help. Simple things, really simple things. Next tip is be intentional in what you are trying to achieve. So before you kind of invite your dog into a training space, decide what game you're going to play or what games you're going to play, how you're going to reward your dog and look at the environment and think, is there anything that actually is going to test my dog beyond what, what they, the, how they need to be tested? For example, if I'm working with one of my um, really young dogs, you know, inexperienced dogs, I'm probably not going to train them in, you know, right next to the front window where there's a lot of passers-by and cars. Another example would be uh, Mango right now. There's no point having her out with everybody else because Mm -hmm. right now she sees another dog Mm -hmm. and she literally is going to tig her. Mm -hmm. And she's going to tig her at them and she's going to tig her over them and then she's going to tig her under their chin. And she's literally just a tigger. So it's either... Um, the other guys behind the the stair gate or her. What I'm not doing is training them in the same sort of close-up proximity because actually for her, that's not helpful. Mm -hmm. And you've got to consider what she can tolerate and what she can't right now. And when I say that, it's something we grow. It's something we will get to. But having a dog from four and a half months old, she she didn't have that early start with us. So we've got to grow in the right direction now. Absolutely. So next tip is match what you're trying to achieve once you've decided what you're trying to achieve and you're being intentional with the reward experience that you're going to use. So an example being, let's go to Mango. We're working on her not jumping up. We're working on her four feet on the floor. Probably tennis ball or bouncy thing or even toy of any kind is not how we're going to reward her having four Ooh, feet let's on think, the floor. Let's think maybe not using catch. Yeah. So maybe let's not use like food that we're throwing in the air. Like even think of the whole experience. So actually, where do we want the placement of reward? Yeah. How frequently we do, do we want the place of reward? What type of reward are we using? What experience do we want to deliver in offering that food? Yeah, absolutely. So next tip, and it's a bit of a game changer, is that after that training session, you've got the opportunity to supercharge the learning that you've just done. And that is what your dog does immediately after that. So the cool thing is, is that there's, and it's really underappreciated, a massive like latent learning that happens after you've taught your dog something, they go away and they rest and they're calm. And you'll find that they'll come back to that game the next time. And it's like you've done four sessions in that time. An example of this one, Tokyo's Weaves, I've taught, I used to follow different programs and they would be like, teach the weaves in six days Mm. or teach the weaves in 10 days or and it would be like a race to teach the weaves and I didn't really I I found it like a very very pressured to do it in that time period and yeah I would do it and I would achieve it and yet there was something about it that didn't feel good Mm. what I love with this idea and he has probably the best um, weaves he does agility or he will do agility and he has probably the best weaves I've taught in any dog Mm. and I would say that that latent learning and that opportunity that we've had to have a breather between sessions and not pace it to like rush it to a 10 day system or a 6 day system or a 5 day system or a everything in the world wants to get faster how about get smart 
matter mm. because when I look at the time sessions, in fact, one of our amazing game changers, one of the super cool con- community that we work with, uh, Kev, he, um, he he's put a video together for me and in total he said it was two hours. Mm. So in two hours from start to finish, he's learned everything, but he's done it over so many days of two minute sessions. Yeah. And I think that's a really that's cool way, way to look at it. that's way more powerful than, you know, you wouldn't achieve what you've achieved in a two hour Absolutely session. It would be not. impossible. And yet And you'd wreck session, your relationship yeah, at the same time. Exactly. It would not be, would not be an enjoyable experience for anybody um so oh i've got a tip in a minute oh, i've got on. a tip in a minute i need so guys one that i really want everybody to think about here is you need to grow yourself mm-hmm. like you need to grow yourself you need to make sure that you are ready so whether you're part of sex in a squirrel whether you're part of the training academy whether you're part of all of them whatever it is and, and whether you're part of other things that are growing you and make sure you're growing with the right community the right energy the right sort of space to keep learning in one of the biggest ones for me is that I always feel now, and I think this is why you and I can have shorter training Mm -hmm. sessions in some ways, Tom, I always feel like I've got a good direction to go to or mm-hmm. I, I kind of have a solution up my sleeve yeah. or I we chat about it or yeah. there's always a game for that. And yeah. and that for me makes my training session so much easier. Now, I know that some of you are coming in here without having all of this experience. And so you might feel a little bit new to this, a little mm-hmm. bit scared of this, a little bit under knowledgeable, I suppose. So mm-hmm. so not having all of the, the armory of tools that we have. Yeah. Here's the thing. They are all out there for you. And so many of them are available. And I suppose what I'm saying to everybody is, don't be scared to keep learning and invest in yourself as when you know you can help your dog to make everything so much easier yeah absolutely and so the cool thing is is that we when we when we jump into this games-based approach really the games are just the building blocks right the games are you know the three minutes of investment the three minutes of time spent here the three minutes of multitasking that at the at the end you you get a really amazing picture that's real life real life results and yet you've not done you know this hard work it's not been difficult it's not been many many it just trading feels sessions. like a game i was chatting to a friend the other day and i was like would, could we could we film this she was like yeah i'd love to like it feels like an opportunity mm. it's something that excites us something that lights us up never something that's a chore or a um anything difficult it doesn't feel like it should be like um yeah painful it it should be fun absolutely so guys with that we've got you know lots of tips for you there whether it is that you're going to do a little training session now or play a game and then you're going to i don't know give your dog a passive calming activity like a chew or a a canine calm mat that they can lick food from so that you're getting that latent learning whether it's that you're going to have just a super short and intentional session whether it's that you're going to match the 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 outcome the goal with your reward experience there's a lot to be implementing we know you've had loads of light bulb moments here we know we can feel it we know that you're excited about what you get to learn make sure you share this podcast make sure you share this learning with other people because this is how the ripple effect of great dog training and more sort of great content comes because Mm. of the sharing and because of um, the growth of the amazing community that really um, we get to be part of so how does someone go about sharing this Tom so the way that you can share this with a friend is by going to absolutedogs.me forward slash start and sharing that link and that will then direct them to the podcast it'll direct them to the YouTube channel there are free resources on there and it's a great starting place for anybody who's new to this and you know think about how many dogs this this movement has saved all over the world thousands and thousands of dogs and the cool thing is is that you could save somebody's relationship by sharing that and that's really special and really change their relationship 
relationship. And I think this is the cool thing that we don't realize the reach that dogs and our relationships with dogs have. So do something special. It's an easy thing to do. And by sharing it, it's, it's showing a huge amount of caring. So with that, guys, that was this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Go forth and have amazing, amazing training sessions forevermore. We will see you next week in the next episode. And remember, stay sexy. Hey, before you go, have you taken part in the worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge? It's a 25-day online video program. Huge energy, amazing community, and over 6,000 people are already taking part. The only question is, you know where you are today. Where do you want to be 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy. 